Welcome to the Connection Club podcast. I am Katie Wren. I am a wife, a mom to a beautiful baby girl, bonus mom to a beautiful teenage daughter, and successful business owner. I am so excited to connect with you. Sometimes we need to disconnect from the world to reconnect with ourselves. So I am super grateful to be on this journey with you so we can connect together as a community. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Connection Club. I'm kind of laughing because Lakey's just woke up from her nap and uh, she's making some very interesting noises in the background. So (laughs) if I just start laughing in a serious sentence, just don't mind me. (laughs) But I've been really elated to do this episode and really give you guys a taste of what I experienced being in Maui, one of the beautiful islands of Hawaii, attending a relationship program, the ultimate relationship program by Tony Robbins and assisting with him was his beautiful wife, Sage Robbins. And yeah, I mean, we spent a good 12 days there and it's probably the longest time I've been away from Lake. And um, I found probably after seven days, I was starting to struggle being away from her. But I knew it was for the greater good and I even had a comment on social media on like one person's like, how can you be away from her from that long? Like I couldn't do that and whatever comment came after it, I kind of blocked it out now because my brain's like, okay, irrelevant, delete. (laughs) I like to do that sometimes. If something's completely irrelevant, like a comment that's not going to be helping me move forward with my life, then it just kind of gets deleted. The Probably the emotion still stays there, but the actual comment gets deleted from my brain. And um, yeah, it was hard, but do you know what? 12 days of immersing myself with my husband, taking our relationship to another level. I mean, that's only going to benefit our family, right? So why not? You know, and she's in the most beautiful hands. It's not like we just dumped her on our parents for a whole 12 days. She's with the nanny who she uh, sees as her, you know, second mom kind of. So I was happy. Anyway, so it was an amazing 12 days and me and Luke really got to connect on a deeper level, deeper than we've ever done before. And you know what? It created a really safe environment for us to both be really open and vulnerable and real with each other, honestly. So yeah, we really got to connect on a deeper level and just having that space to be able to do that was just so beautiful. And coming back, we really seeing the the tools that we certainly use to show up in our marriage and in our relationship. And it's really interesting. So I'm going to go through some of the stuff. And this episode may be a little bit long, but I promise you it'll be worth it. Stay with it till the end. Even if you have to listen to it at another time, I promise you it'll be worth it. And um, it was seven full on days from 9am in the morning to sometimes 12 to midnight to sometimes three o'clock in the morning and the intensity of this event was insane as well I mean some of those people who uh, some of you guys who listen to the podcast and who do attend Tony Robbins events you will know that if you've attended Date with Destiny you know kind of how deep and intense it is not in a bad way but in in an awesome way but this was they have a day about relationships at Date with Destiny and imagine that seven days in a row it's intense. You know, we're talking about relationships here, the the biggest stress and joy to anybody's life, honestly. So having seven days of it was 
draining, but also so beautiful at the same time. So I'm going to go through some of the notes that I have for you guys. These are my insights and this is the only I can only share this. I can't go through seven days worth of content that is like 15 hours straight in an hour long episode. So I'm just going to give you the takeaways that I got from it with hopes of you getting something from it. So the first thing really, day one, I love how, and I talked about this before, but I love how whatever you are seeing from your partner's behavior, it's your mirror. And sometimes it's a mirror that we don't like admitting. So if our partner is being really upset or moody or grumpy or is overworking or like any of these things, that's our mirror, guys. So we really have to pay attention to our partner's behavior and be like, okay, am I projecting something off onto them and it's making them behave in a certain way? And we can't go point the fingers at our partners. We've got to really look in the mirror and go, how are we showing up? And with that as well, in understanding our partner is really appreciating the differences. The biggest thing I went into that event was realizing that I just want to truly be accepted for exactly who I am, for all of my side, the beautiful and the bad. And when those bad sides come out, it's to give me grace It's to allow me to be in that space, but not to punish me and to encourage me to live in the beautiful identities that I do have and encourage more of that. And how we get those beautiful sides of us to come out more is to truly live those beautiful sides within ourselves. If we want those other sides of our partners to come out, then we have to show up as those beautiful sides too. Otherwise, our partner isn't going to want to show those sides of them either because guess what? They are behaving what they are seeing or they are reacting to what they are seeing. I get so like, oh, flustered about this because I just want to get it across in a great way that you guys can understand and take something away from it. So it's really appreciating each other's differences as well. Remember, every time you criticize somebody, you have to give five more positive reactions to that one criticism or that one comment you know it's super 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 important and remember whatever you say that's negative you have to have five positives to it and I would recommend that not only in your relationships but in your friendships and in your business too so if you're you know coaching somebody one-on-one or you're having a conversation with a staff member you know it's giving them tons of praise and then just that one thing and if they've done multiple things and you have to praise them a lot before you get to those multiple things I think the blame game really destroys relationships and it's the biggest thing that I took away from the event and I had to hold my hands up and go okay I'm really guilty of this and Luke did the same thing too the blame game in and it's just being the first one to say sorry really and letting go of the ego of being right or wrong and you can either be right or you can be in love you can't have both (laughs) really you can't have both so you either be right or be in love and the way that you kind of get rid of the blame game in your relationship is just to be the first one to take ownership 100% responsibility of whatever it is that you guys are arguing about or having conflict about or having a conversation about and that 
is not easy. And I would be the first person to hold my hands up and say, um, yeah, I am truly not doing this. Being British, I am stubborn. I hate to admit when I'm wrong. I hate to say I'm sorry. And that might be just my childhood conditioning, which is fine. You know, whatever my parents taught me, they didn't know any better. And they, you know, they're doing the best of their own ability and knowledge. And I can't blame them for that. And nor would I ever. But it's learning to take 100% responsibility. It's not you, it's me. It's my blueprint, my conditioning, and it's my job to free myself from it. So, you know, you have your own interpretations, you have your own outlook on things, you have your own blueprint. You have your own blueprint. You have your map of the world on what it looks like. Your interpretation of things is not going to be the same as your partner. So you have to bear that in mind when it comes to viewing things in different lights. And of course, men and women are wired completely different as both me and Luke. And Luke's done this program before, but you know, it's a really good refresher. Like sometimes you forget some of this stuff, but we have very different makeups and blueprints in the way that we see the world as human beings. We're both human. And this is something that we've got to remember guys and give our partners grace on is that they're just human you know, we're not perfect. We're not robots. We're not programmed to be perfect every single time, but we have to remember that we are human. And I love the analogy of what Tony said was, you know, women are like, let's say Mac, Mac PCs and men are like windows. They're both computers, but they have very, very different operating systems. And the moment that you remember that, and don't view the behavior as like they should be thinking and acting the same way as you, but giving them grace and going, you know what, they're just wired differently. And that's okay. That's okay. But when you can be honest and real and vulnerable and share that and be open with your heart and, you know, sharing whatever it is that's on your heart or on your shoulders and opening your heart to your partner and being honest and loving and approaching people in, in a loving, kind, respectful way things are going to be so much more different. And I'm reminding myself of all of this stuff as I'm telling this stuff to you guys. Like I'm not perfect. I don't have my marriage down to a T and I don't think anybody does. But when we can learn these little things along the way that we can implement and practice over and over and over again, we're just going to be better human beings for everybody all around. So don't form a negative identity about your partner. I think that's super important because even I've been guilty of the past when maybe you know, we've had an argument and we've said something to each other. And then I I love how Sage puts this. We tend to put sticky notes and labels onto our partner on who they are and with our own perception and our own view on things. And we can get really guilty of this and, you know, start stacking a lot of labels on top of somebody where then we start to view them completely as a different person to when we first met them. And then we're saying, oh, you're not like how you was when I first met you. You've changed and da, da, da. No, you've actually just stuck so many labels on them that you don't see the real person anymore. And then the relationship starts with two people who love each other so much now moving away from each other because we've started to identify our partners in a different light because of what we view and what we've let our mind tell us. So what are you saying to yourself about your partner? 
And the moment that you let your brain start talking and saying all of these things about them, whether they've upset your heart, and remember the beautiful person that they are and the beautiful person that you fell in love with. So that's just one big chunk there that you can just make those little changes and put that into your relationship and make that shift. That would be very, very powerful. And our culture teaches us to be something that we're not. And what we actually are, (laughs) it's really tough to love yourself when you're not being yourself, honestly. And your partner senses that too. And I can relate to this a lot because certainly as I go into this kind of next chunk of realizations and content for you guys is there's three different roles as women we certainly play and this came to light at this event and as women we are three things the temptress the mother and the queen so I'm being queen Katie right now but as soon as I get off this podcast I'm going to switch back into my mother role as I'm preparing dinner I'm looking after Lake I'm giving her a bath putting her to bed. But then when all that is done and I have time with my husband tonight, the temptress is coming out. And if you saw my face as I say that, I am beaming from ear to ear because that's who the fuck I am to my core. I am the temptress, but I have let not only the queen kind of rule the kingdom a little bit, but also the mother kind of, you know, guys, we love our mothers so much, right? But Sometimes we can feel too mothered by them when they come and visit. Imagine that you playing that role too much with your partner. They don't like that, ladies. They do not like that. And I've been playing that mother role since having Lake certainly way too much in my life than what I would like to have had. Now, there's a time and a place to be the mother, but you've got to be conscious and aware of being able to switch that off and then show up as either the queen in your business or in your career or, you know, whatever it is that you do. And, you know, when you're with your partner, it's being that playful, sexy, teasing temptress that I know that's in there. Go back to when you first met your partner. And ladies, I'm talking to you right now. And obviously, men, you can kind of understand the three roles here. But when you first met your man, you wanted to seduce him in every way possible. That is your temptress side. And How it highlighted for me was, this has been ongoing now for a few months and I've kind of started to unleash this side of me a lot more, but I've been kind of suppressing her for a really long time and she's just dying to come out. And going into this event, we did a thing called S Factor, S for Sierra, Factor, and it's www.sfactor.com. Sheila Kelly, phenomenal woman, led this program and every single morning we would go and get into our feminine spirit and the men would go off every morning and go and do TFT and and Luke loved it because he's done that stuff before so um, kind of reliving it, he was really excited and they really get to be masculine men for a little while or it switches them into their masculine state for the day. And certainly for us women, it was funny because a few weeks ago, it was perfectly how this was all timed. And I was thinking a few weeks ago, do you know what? I used to go into the club when in my 20s, I'd be able to go into the bar or the club and just, you know, dance like nobody was watching and get my sexy on and just dance like, you know, all teasing and sensual and, you know, everything. Like I just would let loose and wouldn't care 
you know, I obviously within reason, I'm not going to turn into a stripper or anything, but you know what I mean? Like you would just dance sexy and like not care about it at all. And then I feel like as I've switched in and that's the temptress there. And I, I feel like since having Lake, like certainly going into a bar or a club now, I feel like a fucking pencil when I dance. <laughs> I don't know about how you guys feel about that, but I just feel like I can't move my body in certain ways anymore. It's so strange. And I'm like, where is this side of me gone? Like, what is happening right now? It's so strange. And S factor really helps me get back into that spirit again, because that's exactly who I am down to a core. Now, that might not be you and that's okay. You might be a motherly spirit at your core, or you could be the queen at your core. That's okay. It's totally okay. And it's whoever your partner met you at that stage in your life, if he was around the queen more, then he wants the queen to show up more. You may have switched into a motherly role a little bit too much and he wants his queen to show up. Or it could be that you was the mother, that he met you at a motherly stage in your life and he loves that side of you and wants to see that side of you again. So it's whatever role they kind of met you as to kind of go back into that. Now, probably majority of women were at the temptress element when they first met their partner. So it's remembering that. And, you know, over the last few months, I've certainly been upping my game in it. Like I've been, I can't believe I'm even sharing this with you guys. Holy crap. Oh, well, this is a very vulnerable freaking podcast, isn't it? I've bared all as it is. So what the hell? You know, I've been buying more sexy lingerie and outfits lately and it's really just spiced up our relationship massively. And then going into this event, I was already kind of on that path already. So doing S Factor, we were learning how to pole dance. We were learning how to do a striptease and seeing these women transform from being really shy and just really introverted to just owning themselves and owning their body again and really loving on themselves and loving every curve of them. And there was all different shapes and sizes. And oh my God, like every single person who was dancing looked fucking beautiful. And there's one particular lady who was, you know, a little bit, well, she was larger than me, that's for sure. But oh my God, the way she moved, holy cow, she put me to shame. Like she must've been, I don't know, maybe 30 pounds heavier than me, must have been. And I'm like, I'm 130 pounds. But oh my God, if a guy saw her dance versus me dance, he would find her way more sexy than me. Fact. She was so inspiring. It doesn't matter what size you are, what you look like, what scars or bumps or anything. It doesn't matter. As long as you are owning yourself 100%, and being in that temptress state, you'll have your man doing anything that you want, ladies. Trust me. So go and check it out, sfactor.com. I think she's done a couple of TED Talks before as well. So go and check her out, Sheila Kelly. Life-changing. Really helped me shift back into that form again. And, um, you know, when I'm truly being myself I love myself so much more and I radiate so much differently. My essence shines through more. And of course, Luke loves that as well. I think as well that one of my problems is I've I've been very closed off. So if I'm dealing with something or I'm facing a problem, I can completely close down and I go very inward to process everything. So now I'm having to learn to not do that because when I close off, I actually turn very masculine and 
I know a lot of women will suffer the same thing as what I do. We've got to remember, ladies, that the more vulnerable and real and open we are, the better. And sometimes men find that very, very, very difficult to stay present when we're being vulnerable, when we're sharing, or even when we're just gabbering away and talk, 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 talk. They can just kind of go glazed over and be like, yeah, love, yeah, yeah, awesome, yeah. And if you ask them what it is you've just said, they have no idea. <laughs> Luke is great because I say things in, in very short sentences. I don't go on and on and on about things. So if I test him on that, he can remember stuff. I'm like, damn it, <laughs> I try to catch him out. So <laughs> it was great in, at the event. They talked about the biggest thing that we want men as women as ladies, as queens, and as mothers, and as temptresses, if you want your woman to come out more as a temptress, if you are 100% present with her, you will own her, and she will do things for you that you've never realized she could do before, and sometimes that's really hard, because you're like, woman, get to the point, and you want to fix it, which we don't want you to fix it, we want you to listen, and to understand, so if now instead of me closing down and going inward, I'm going to go to Luke and said, babe, can you just hold this trash can for me? It's literally, is an invisible trash can. Can you just hold this trash can and just let me verbally vomit all over you or in this trash can? And all I want him to do is to literally look at me in the eyes and not glaze over it and not go wandering on a different thought or wondering how he should fix this or, you know, be the hero or whatever. I want him to listen. And, and then just after I'm done, pause and wait and go darling is there anything else well actually yeah and let me carry on and at the end of it you'll see the whole weight of the world of your woman's shoulders just melt away and if you say oh baby is that everything if they say yes are you sure yes go okay I understand I'm so sorry you've had to deal with that I'm so sorry you feel that way is there anything I can do to help no, just getting it off my chest just feels so much more better. And watch your woman float away and she will literally do anything for you, trust me. So men, just be present with us and just understand us and make us feel seen and heard. That's all we want. And most of all, to be understood. So just remember that. And that will bring out our femininity more than you will ever realize. And it will avoid the conflict of us shutting down, which is the worst thing we can do, ladies, is shut down on our man. You might as well kick him in the balls if you're going to do that. And I am so guilty of it. It's untrue. So if my hubby's listening to this, I do apologize. <laughs> he knows I've apologized for this over and over. You know, and when we do that, we really go into our masculine state, which then you start butting heads with your partner and that's not what we want in this situation. So the more that you get in your mind, the more that the relationship doesn't work. It's flowing from your heart and that's what we've talked about a lot on a lot of these episodes is really getting into your heart and the moment that you feel like you're in your head, that you're thinking is getting into that feeling place because the electricity will just go off if you're both masculine, it really does. So the moment that you feel like you may be slipping into that masculine state is what can you do to feel more feminine again? Like if it's just blasting up the music and getting some sexy music on and putting some nice lingerie on and just dancing. I mean, if he walks into that, it's game over. <laughs> oh, funny, funny, funny. Another amazing insight that we both had was when we are certainly in an argument, things can get really heated. 
And the moment that we can recognize that one of us is going way too far left field and going a little bit crazy and too heated, it's stopping it in the moment and going reset or timeout. I don't like timeout because it sounds like a punishment. So we decided on reset and just going, you know what? Reset. We have to honor that with that other person and not carry on and make another comment or say one thing. It ends right there and then. You either have the choice to reset and just give each other a hug and tell each other the honopono analogy, which I really love. It's going, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. After you've said reset. And if you can say that to each other, you wonder why what you're fighting about. Or you say reset. You can just maybe just go off for five minutes come back just five minutes think about going just get above yourself imagine your higher self going over you hovering over you looking at the situation going how am I showing up right now what are things meaning to me and how am I making this argument worse like let's face it let's look in the mirror and be fucking real right now five minutes of doing that you can really identify where it is that you're going wrong go back to your partner and do the honopono that I just talked about it's a Hawaiian thing it's amazing and it's going, babe, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. And try and be the first one to say sorry. Like I talked about right at the beginning, it's taking 100% of the responsibility. It's racing to the fact of saying sorry to each other. Like you want to be fighting over whoever says sorry first. And it makes the art of arguing more fun. <laughs> it stops being this painful experience and it actually starts to be more fun when you start fighting fair. You know, babe, I'm sorry. It was my fault. It was the way that I came across or that look or whatever it is that I said. You know, I'm sorry. I take responsibility for it. It's all me. You are not looking for them to take full responsibility of it. You are telling yourself that it's all me. I take responsibility and it just diffuses the situation. Whether you're right or wrong in that situation, it doesn't matter. Because remember, you can either be right or you can be in love. So it's learning to go to each other and say, can I just have... 10 minutes just to go and reset, change my state and just do something to kind of shake you out of that mood, whatever it is, you know, that you're kind of in a mood about or arguing about and just honoring that space for the other person just to go off and just cool it. But please communicate that as well. Like I've been guilty of just walking off and kind of taking control, which isn't fair to my partner, but it's going, can I just have 10 minutes to just reset and just take a break and just be for a second and I'll come back you know and seeing that I'll come back just makes that person feel less abandoned as well there's one thing that I love as well is one of the things is you must 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 put your partner's needs above your own if you want your relationship to thrive and be exciting and fulfilling and joyful and happy and sexual and sensual and all of the beautiful things it's putting their needs above yours And the moment that you can put your partner first above anything, you are going to win at the game of relationships. Even when I say that, I'm thinking, how fucking hard is that to do? But it's a choice. You know, it might be a love when Luke said to me at the event, he's like, I'm going to schedule four vacations a year. You know, we'll take me, you and Lake on one and we'll all go together as a family, me, Luke, Lake and Faith. 
And when he said that to me, my just love tank just filled right up, just knowing that we're going to have that quality time together because him doing that is putting me first above his travel schedule, above his work schedule, because if he puts it in the schedule first, everything else has got to work around that. So him showing up like that is showing me that he's putting me first above anything else. And it goes backwards for him too. Like I'm making sure that I am showing up for him and putting him first above anything else, whether it's Lake, whether it's Faith or any of my own activities, it's putting him first and not expecting anything in return back. You know, the moment that we start doing that and and having expectations, well, and scoring each other and going, well, I've done this now, they should be doing something for me. And it's like, no, you just go into the relationship to give, not to get. And it's always going into it, giving and giving and giving and giving and having no expectations of anything coming back in return. You have to have that. I promise you, you will feel so much more alive in your relationship when you do that. I think when we don't have too many rules around the relationship, things can flow so much better. You know, I put a lot of pressure on Luke to be at home at dinner times and to have breakfast as a family and this and this and that and it's like he can't do that and build his kingdom and his empire at the same time so I just took the rules off that he has to be with us at every single dinner time if you say to them it would be really meaningful to me if you could join us for dinner you know a couple of times a week it would be really meaningful to me if you have the time that we would just love to have dinner together as a family, you know, and it's not making them do something, but showing them that something would be really meaningful to you, then that's their choice then to do that. But you can't put that expectation on them, you know, asking them to do something a lot of the time and having so many rules around it that if they don't do it, you're going to get super frustrated. You're going to start putting those labels on your partner and it's just not going to go the way that you want it to, let's face it. And I think a lot of us are guilty of this, is to never threaten the relationship. There's been times in the past where we've certainly thrown that card on the table with each other. A few of the times that Luke has kind of threatened that, you know, to break me out of a pattern, to break me out of a state. Like, oh, I don't know if I can do this anymore, you know, and that sets a lot of worry and fear into me. So then I do something dramatically to change my behavior or change my state. Is it the right way to do it? No, you know, he's guilty of that. And also I'm guilty of getting in an argument one time and actually threw, (laughs) I laugh at it now, but it wasn't good at the time. Like I threw the wedding ring at him. I was so mad because he had threatened the relationship. I was so mad. I threatened it back and it's just not healthy. It instills a lot of doubt into your partner So please don't threaten it anymore. It's not not healthy. And we've done it a couple of times. And I think everybody's guilty of it at some point or some stage of the relationship. But it's it's not good. I laugh because I laugh at it now. But I've had to forgive myself for that moment because I was not impressed with myself whatsoever. And, um, you know, you just got to love beyond the behavior sometimes. And sometimes they'll do stupid things. You've just got to love them anyway. You really do. And look for the, not so much the meaning behind it, but some of the reasons why they've done something or they've said something you know where's it really coming from this might relate to some of you guys she was called Esther I need to look up her last name but she talked about adultery or infidelity and um, just a couple of notes that I kind of did on this because I know some of you have come to me personally and, and asked me what do you do in this situation and 
kind of cheating only happens because they're in conflict with their behavior and their values. It's very rarely that it's got something to do with the other person where it's actually got something to do with themselves. I've been very guilty in the past. It was certainly my early 20s, very, very early 20s and you know late teens of not being the most faithful person. And really it was... <laughs> anything that anybody does is really comes from two places either a loving response or a cry for help and certainly when people are in that mode or they you know do something stupid like cheat on their partner it's a cry for help and sometimes a lot of it is an attempt to bring back their own vitality in their own life and it's got nothing to do with you or what you did or what you're not doing it's the person that they are looking for in themselves you know to give them that that desire for attention or to feel something it might be that they're a little bit lost in themselves and they just want to feel something and um, also a lot of it is lured by the power of the forbidden you know it's like you know don't pick the apple off that tree what do you want to do you want to pick the apple off the tree even more so you know it's not a, an easy topic to talk about I don't condole infidelity or cheating on your partner or anything like that but it's to learn where the behavior is coming from and what are they in conflict with? What are they struggling with as a person? Why did they act out in the way that they did? It doesn't mean that we should, you know, forget easily, but I think we should learn to forgive easily because it's nothing that has a reflection on you. It's actually the reflection on themselves. So if you are in a place where your partner has cheated, whether it was in the past or recently, is the quicker that you can forgive them, it's the quicker that you can heal not only yourself but heal the relationship and if you can't forgive them it's learning how you can be a gracious lover within that and walk away from the relationship as friends and it's not easy to do that especially when feelings are hurt is when you can really understand where they're coming from and give compassion as hard as it is in the moment you can then move on a lot easier and a lot quicker and still be friends out of it because obviously if there's kids involved then you have to come into that friendship space and learn how to navigate and, and get along with each other so it's not easy but the first thing to do to heal is to really own what you did really own up to it and you know really bring back the self-love and guys if you are on the other end of being cheated on it's not to ask for the details but to ask for the motives you know what is it they feel like they needed in order to do something like that it's not why they did it but you know really the motives behind it remember people do stupid things to meet their needs really stupid things and sometimes we can't control that you know we're just in this state and in this place that we're just doing anything to just meet our needs and sometimes it, it means violating our values so yeah, it's not an easy thing to talk about, but I know some people have some pain around this and I'm just hoping that can uh, really help you. So another kind of chunk of content I would like to share with you guys is this book called Fire Child, War Child, and it's by Stephen Scott Cohen. You can find the book on Amazon and things like that, but and there's actually a quiz that you can take or questionnaire that you can take to find out really truly more about your personality there's wood which is in spring fire power which is in summer earth power which is harvest 
gold power, which is autumn and water in winter. And we can shift through these as our life cycles go through. I've certainly been a person who was wood and fire. And now I'm a kind of a place in my life where I'm more earth. And I can only share with you about who I am through these elements. I can't vouch for the others because I've kind of been there and done that, but you'll learn a lot more from the book. And earth power is about unity and ripening and gathering. You're also in growth mindset, which is very me right now. We're a peacemaker. We, we have inspiring conversations, creates community and empathizes. We tend to, in our think element, we kind of blame ourselves and we're very disorganized and very indecisive, which is a little bit like me. The feel element is we get worried and confused very easily. There's so many beautiful other elements to it, like creating peace and harmony and having beautiful conversations and creating community. Like that's all I thrive off. And this is why I'm, you know, on the journey of creating the Connection Club Facebook group that you guys have all been kind of been at me crazy to to develop which I'm super excited about we're going to uh, release that on the 11th of November so contact me if you would like to be included in this free Facebook group I'm only inviting 100 people until the new year just opening up 100 elite places you're going to be kind of like the VIPs of this group the first founding members sort of thing and then I will open it up to the general after the new year once I've got some content in there and and shared some stuff with you guys so yeah side note the other side of me what I scored with is water power I'm a kind of a dreamer poetic inventive shares insights definitely the need of sense of calmness clarity and peace which I am so at in my life right now the think side is everything equals bad can be cynically apathic absent-minded they feel withdrawn, disengaged, and fearful. So that, again, this sounds really, really um, not like you would want to go and take the quiz, but honestly, so when you actually see it all broken down, this is just the things I wrote for myself. I highly recommend it just because you get to learn about yourself that little bit more. And um, he has his own quiz on it, so you can kind of find out really more of your personality and not only that your partner gets to understand you a little bit more too Luke has yet to do the quiz but he I feel like is wood power visionary entrepreneur trailblazer brave leader motivates others has a growth mind of freedom courage movement direction the sense of freedom adventure in when he's in his think mode losing equals bad and super hyper competitive feel element can be frustrated by constraints can be aggressive pushy and impatient he can get the actual physical manifestation of the negative side of being that element is tension headaches muscle aches hypertension hyperactivity whereas earth and water power i feel insomnia stomachache and bloating and i bruise easily which is so true and with water, I can get fatigue and back pain and various other things that I couldn't be bothered writing about because I'm like, ugh, this is too negative. I don't want to know about this. And yeah, so it'll be interesting to when he actually does the quiz again because he only got halfway through. Really, really interesting in learning just what your partner is and you can identify going, actually, you know, they're just being so wood right now. It's okay. 
it's funny because when we're out walking, Luke is like, I just want to get to this place. He walks super fast and I'm just kind of flowing. That's what water's about. We just flow through life. La, 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 la. And he's like, you know, maybe 30 steps ahead of me, turns around and I'm not by side of him. And I'm like, yes, babe, I'm just in my water stage right now. I'm just water flowing. You know me. So you can make, not make fun of each other, but can understand a little bit more about each other and just be playful with it. So um, check it out. It's really cool. So one other thing as well, which is really interesting, is how to own your man, ladies, the animal and spirit. So the animal side, they're sexually attracted to, and this goes down from four to one. So the number of importance is the last one I'm going to talk about. So number four, the least important is hair. So, you know, shiny, full I kind of scored myself pretty well on that one. (laughs) But having really good, healthy looking hair, making the effort with your hair is very sexual attracting to a man. A shapely body, you would think it would be somebody who's super slim and skinny, like super, super skinny, size zero. No, 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 no. They love curves, ladies. So, you know, all of these people working on the booties right now, keep going because they love that shit. (laughs) Number two is sensuality. I can't say that word, but be more sensual. So enjoying your own body. And when you enjoy your own body, you're very playful with it. And like I said in the beginning, when you're owning yourself, when you're in truly that sexual spirit, they're just going to love on that. Remember being a temptress, which leads into number one is sexual energy. So again, just being that temptress person, that is their number one sexual attraction that attracts guys to women. So work on some of those things, ladies. It's going to help the spirit side to charm and enchant them. Again, going from four to one, the least important, but still important is self-confidence, a spirited woman. So they want somebody who is very confident in their being. And guys, we can talk about how to be more confident all day long, but having that self-confidence is really attractive to a man really, really attractive. If you are self-conscious, they're going to be wondering what it is that they're doing wrong. They're going to be wondering, are they good enough? And that's not what they want. Number three is being authentic and radiant. It's like an angel. And they love that when you're being authentically you, you're not hiding, you're not pretending to be something else. When you're truly authentic, they just love that. Uh, Number two is passionate and playful and just being a lover of life. So when you have that playful side of you come out more, they love it. Love, love, love it. And number one is very important. So be, again, the animal side, the sexual energy. And then this, again, we just talked about it, is being open. Being an accepting, admiring, extraordinary woman is being open. The moment that you close off and guard yourself, they sense it. They're not going to bother communicating with you, bothering with you, paying you attention when you're just truly open and being your free spirit and all of those things above and the animal side, that's truly being open. When you're being all of those things, being, you know, truly confident in your own body, you know, enjoying life, being high spirited, being authentic and radiant, passionate and playful, that's just going to open you up. And they love that. Now, men, this is how you own your woman. And the sexual attraction is eyes. So having bright, energetic, playful eyes. 
And with that, remember, comes presence. When you're looking at somebody eye to eye and really truly connected and present with somebody, you're going to melt your lady to pieces. Number three is body. So women like an athletic body. Obviously, if you feel a little bit overweight as a man, it's time to trim up a little bit, but the more athletic body that you have, the more that we feel like we're going to be protected and guided and and safe and all of those beautiful things. So it's not just, you know, looking good. It's also to us feeling protected and that you take care of yourself, which means that when you take care of yourself, you're going to be able to reproduce and, and have our babies, which is important to us. This is what we're looking for. Number two, ladies, you're going to be like, hell yes, but a man that can make you laugh, no matter what they look like, you're going to fall in love with them because they can make you laugh. Like being funny, when Luke is singing in the car, he has no no tone, nor does he know the words. I love it. I'm not making fun of him. It makes me laugh so much that I fall in love with him every single time he sings because it's so fucking funny. Like I love it. He thinks I'm actually laughing at him, which is not the case. It's making me laugh. I enjoy it so much. So the more you can make your ladies laugh, and I'm not saying you have to tell no every joke in the book, but just being silly and making her laugh will just light her up. And the first thing that we find is sexually attracted. <laughs> ladies you're gonna be like hell yeah how many of you ladies fell for the bad boy in school you're all raising your hand or nodding your head you fell in love with the bad boy and a bad boy isn't necessarily a bad thing but a bad boy so you kind of get the idea is a leader you fall in love with a leader a leader of you know might be somebody who is high up in a a corporate job or who just truly owns himself who you know can handle conversations or walk into a room and feel confident like that you fell in love with a leader and that bad boy who you fell in love with at school but never kind of dated it's not so much his behavior but you want that person who just owns himself who can own a room who can you know have a a good group of friends who can take on a crowd you know all of those beautiful elements that come with being a leader you know either having their own business and how many times do you like see a public speaker or somebody who has their own business or is a ceo being a leader of something you're like holy hell he's hot you know a guy who shows up in a suit or a guy who shows up in a team outfit you know like a you know i could say like i don't know for instance like a hockey player or a footballer like because he's a leader like he's doing shit and that's what we fall in love with how we feel connected to that person. Number four, men. The first thing is someone who has courage and who is confident, a warrior. That's something that we can get connected with and really feel that deep sense of love and connection to a person. The third thing is playfulness and mischievousness. So being that boy, cheeky spirit that we, you know, love so much. Sometimes it drives me crazy with Luke, but I have to honor that side of him that I I do actually really enjoy it. It's just when he pokes at me or roughs me up the wrong way, I'm like, right, Dennis, fuck off now. That's what we call him is Dennis. But when he's like scared having me or he's tickling me or, you know, it's not something that's too boisterous, I love it. It melts my heart, like seriously. Number two is guidance and support, like a fatherly figure. When you guide and support us, and no matter what we're doing in life, when we feel supported, oh, there's nothing else like it. Like I'm already beaming as it is. And this is only number two. So this is like 
number two of importance is to really feel supported and guided and not so much coached or we're trying to fix us or fix whatever it is that we have a problem with is just being guided and supported and feel like we're heard and understood um number one of course is an unshakable presence being the rock in our lives and truly looking into your woman's eyes and feeling her and hearing every word that she's saying and feeling it sometimes it's really hard for you guys to do but the moment that you do that you are going to own your woman so much in that feeling safe and connected way that you're gonna have that sexual animal side of us come out so much more so much more you're gonna get rewarded so much for really understanding those four elements So ladies, what is this response to when you are your animal and spirit side? He wants to spend time with you. He'll want to take care and protect you. He'll want to contribute towards making you more happy or contribute towards your life. And he will fall in love with you way more. Like seriously, way, way more. Men, really for you, how your women is going to show up So what happens really? What is her response? Immediately opens to you, the energy will light up and you'll just have that sense of energy between each other. She'll want to make you happy and fill you up with joy. She'll want to give more and appreciate you more, admire you more, love you more, accept you for who you are and she will give you all of her radiance. And this is the gift that we get for really owning our men and women really it's beautiful so so beautiful okay the last thing I'm going to kind of cover with I think is the life cycle of men or the male development imagine this like a rainbow okay and there's five spots along this rainbow that's evenly marked out every man will start off as the page like imagine this is a kingdom okay And you've got the page, the knight, the prince, and the king, okay? There's a section in there between prince and king we're going to talk about. That's a spot there. Page is zero to teenager. They're free. They have big dreams. They're ambitious. They're kind of figuring out who and what they're about, what they like, but also continuously changing along the way, and they're just having fun. What it's all about is having fun and as they eventually get to teenager, they become a knight. So in their late 20s, fights hard and parties hard, fascinated and focused on their maidens. They have huge amounts of energy, finds out what their passions are and just feels totally alive. You know, that's the knight. And some men will stay in night for a little bit too long and can see this into their 40s where they have to actually realize that they've got to grow up and and do something with their life or even in like their late 30s I see this show up quite a lot with um, like these reality tv people men who kind of go on these shows and they're in their late 20s and or early 20s and you're like dude, what are you doing? Like, you can just see this pattern's going to continue on into their 30s and in their 40s. Like, we've all met a guy like that, right? That just doesn't have their shit together and they're in their 30s and they're still acting like they're in their 20s. (laughs) He's a knight. He's going to stay a knight for quite a while. So then as they're moving on from being a knight and fighting their way through life, they're developing into a prince. 
which is their late 20s and early 30s. They want to build something bigger than themselves. They're driven by pursuit of love, not just infatuation or sex. They want real love. And it's hard for a maiden, if you're in a relationship with a prince, it's hard for us women because his focus is on other things other than us now. And it's important, ladies, that we start to really not lose our identity in that because, you know, it was about us for a while and now it's about them and them doing their thing. We've got to be super supportive, but in the same time, we can't be so supportive that now the focus isn't on us, that we go clinging onto them and we lose ourselves in that process. So we've just got to love on them and encourage them and support them. Now, the biggest leap that a man will go through is, and there's actually three different types of prints and there's actually four different types of knight as well. There's the warrior knight, the metrosexual knight, the rogue knight, and the lazy page boy in a knight suit. <laughs> I don't want to go into those too much because this episode is longer than what I anticipated, but we'll just go on to the, the types of prints. So you get the early, mid, and late stages of prints. You know, so it, it could be early in the stages that they are kind of figuring out what their passions are. You know, you're still their everything in their world. As they move on to mid, they've kind of figured things out a little bit more. And, you know, maybe that you have a family growing at this stage, but, you know, not quite as far along with the as the family grows as what you'd hoped for. I don't know. But in late prints, they have really kind of started to build something for themselves and now it kind of the focus is took off you and the family and it could be that they're building something so actually there's a tunnel that men have to go through between prince and king I'm not the person to really go into depths about this but I'm just going to kind of give you a brief overview I'm not qualified to talk about this in detail but there's the tunnel man and it's between 40 and 50s and it's kind of like a midlife crisis and you'll be like, holy shit, I know this person, this person, that person who is definitely in a midlife crisis. The actual biomarkers and the physical age, you know, the body changes, their mind changes. They can't do things that they could do in, in their print stage. You know, they're, they're a little bit more tired now. They've got kids kind of growing up and leaving the nest, maybe. Or, the you know, the kids are starting high school and things like that. You know, it's it's a lot for them to handle, <laughs> just even at that. The blueprints kind of collide a little bit. So they have this vision of what they want to achieve and what they want to do. But, you know, biochemically, it's a lot harder for them to do now versus when they were building in their print stage. It was really easy because they had a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of passion. And now, and ladies, we contribute maybe a little bit towards this as we're not being the true essence in our sexual selves. And, you know, we've had kids, we're now in our mother role. We're not being the temptress or we're not being the queen for them or whatever it is that they need us to be. So this actually makes it harder on them to become what they need to be because now we've stopped being that version of ourselves that actually they need and love. This is typically the, the time where men will do stupid things. And this is the time where, we have to just see past all of the behaviors and what they do and really just come from a loving place. And love is the light in the tunnel. And sometimes, and many people may not agree with me on this, but when we talked about infidelity before, this is gearing you up for this moment and, and everything that I just talked about. It's being that person for them and, and coming from a, a place of compassion and understanding that they 
actually going through a very depressive place right now and that we have to see past all of that and really what's the behavior behind it because women will never understand what goes on in this tunnel it's long it's dark it could last three five ten fifteen years in this tunnel and it's not pretty and it's not easy the tunnel is a one way out system you either go in and get out the other end you can stay in it and you'll be in it for the rest of your life or you can kind of flip back into prince mode there's a lot of uncertainty in there and it's very challenging for men and only, 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 only love will pull him through this, nothing else. So giving your love and not expecting anything in return and I know it seems like it could be for a really long time but when they come out of this phase, when they hit their 40 to 60 plus, he owns himself and his kingdom which he has built. His mission is much larger than himself It's a lot of sacrifice to go from prince to king. Life becomes about your love. So once you've helped him go through that tunnel, all he cares about is that deep love with you. He owns what he loves and wants to deepen and nurture it. So that's the reward that we get, ladies, for it, in staying with them through the tunnel and just be a little bit more understanding and compassionate. And I told myself, you know, when that time happens, it's to be really understanding and really compassionate. And if you see your man in that phase of your relationship right now, I'm hoping that this has been a great time that this has come up. Or if your partner isn't at that stage yet, is knowing that it could come in the future and that now you'll be better prepared for it because you know exactly what's going on. A lot of people that aren't aware of this stage in life, this is where a lot of divorces happen, I feel like. And um, people just don't understand what men are going through. And, you know, he he does a lot of stupid stuff in this tunnel. I'm not going to lie. Some of the stories I've heard from this event and what men have done, it's like, wow. But you should see the way that the women look at their men because they've gone through that process with them. And now they're at the king stage of life. And the relationship that they have is so beautiful and it's the fairy tale when they get to that kingdom, that when they get to that king stage, it's truly a fairy tale. One other person I just want to kind of shout out is I really want you guys to go and check out on YouTube or TED Talk or, or whoever. We learned a lot from this woman. She's called Alison Armstrong. I can't go through all of the content because I need to like visually show you some of the stuff, but she was mind-blowing. I highly recommend you research her and look up her stuff because it's truly amazing. I love this. I've just read it in my notes. Your relationship with others will never get better until you change the relationship you have with yourself. Mic drop. (laughs) So if you have learned nothing so far, learn that your relationship with others will never get better until you change the relationship with yourself. So what are you telling yourself on a daily basis? How are you showing up, not only for yourself, but how are you showing up for the rest of the world? And it's so true. One more thing that I've just realized as well is women, life can drain our pools or our cups or whatever it is that you want to kind of attach the analogy to it. And we try so hard to get him to fill up our pool and it doesn't work he doesn't actually like an empty or half full pool or cup women you don't realize the power that you have we feed our men 
more than we ever realize. So what's super, super important is that we learn to fill up our own cup or our own pool, ladies and men. We have to go, remember we talked about in the last episode of Loves in Life? This has fallen at the perfect time because I really want you to start thinking about the loves in your life and how you can fill up your own swimming pool because no guy wants to dive into a half empty pool, right? So we've got to make sure that we're filling ourselves up in ways that lights us up, which then will light our partners up or our men up. And men, it goes the same way for you as well. We've got to make sure that We are committing to ourselves that we are fulfilling our own needs as well and not looking for our partners to fill them up. You know, what's the small things that you can do to fill you up that will give you a short-term fix? And then some of the big things that will fill you up, that's a a bit more of a long-term fix. The thing is with men, whatever you put into the kind of mixing bowl stays there. And somewhat, you might get a little, you know, evaporation somewhat, but their tanks, pools, cups, whatever you want to attach to it, it kind of stays in the mixing bowl for a little bit longer. Women, unfortunately, whatever you put in is like a sieve, it leaks and the the tanks don't stay, stay full for very long. So we've got to kind of break down this whole taking care of ourselves and be a little bit more specific in what we need as, as women, either from our partners or ourselves. We've got to start remembering what it is that lights us up. You have to feed yourself to be yourself and letting Luke be Luke and letting myself be myself is the greatest gift that we can give each other as a couple. Owning my own essence is definitely something that I'm having to build that muscle on more and more. And, you know, as talked about in previous episodes when we, um, you know, was identifying our different personalities, I need to protect Polly with every ounce of being because Polly is my essence my Polly pocket my playful fun goofy silly side is really my true essence and I need to call upon her way more than what I have been doing because being at this event it really made me realize who I need to show up more as and I made the decision there I'm like I need Polly more in my life like I need her to show up more so what do I need to do to do that and when I'm truly being myself and being in my essence, Luke is going to be in his essence too. And our relationship is going to flow so much more because we're truly accepting each other for who we are. And this is when I want you guys to really think about and look at how can you be that essence more? How can you be that beautiful side to you that just lights you up in, in when you're being that person? I'm not saying that you're going to be that person 100% of the time, but the time that you may be a little bit mopey molly, the opposite version of you know, Polly Pocket is going, okay, Mopey Molly, what's going on? Why are you being Mopey? It's time to switch back into Polly. What do you need to do to switch back into that place again? And it's a decision, guys. It's being conscious and just making a true decision. So I think I've covered quite a lot there. (laughs) I didn't want to go on and on and on. Trust me, I could have done. There's so much more content I would want to share with you guys, but I think that's some of the biggest things that I can share with you that will give you the biggest insights to your marriage, your relationship, or, you know, just being with somebody or around somebody. All of those tools are just going to help you just take that little step forward into growing massively in, in your relationship or in your marriage. And it just starts with a decision to be conscious I wish this event was available to everybody to be on. Unfortunately, it is part of the Platinum Partners perk. You have to join Tony Robbins Platinum Partners to go to this event. It's not cheap, 
but I think it would be worth every single penny to actually do it and go. And of course, you get all of the events included in that partnership as well. Kind of plugging it there. <laughs> I don't get any kickbacks for that. But yeah, truly amazing. And if there's anything that's out there, guys, that's relationship based or it's like a marriage retreat or a relationship seminar, like go to them as a couple and invest in each other and invest in growing and learning to be better for each other. There's no harm in that because the moment that you really do that and really invest in yourselves and really invest in your relationship and decide Decide how committed you are to this relationship. Decide how committed you are to making it grow and to flourish. And not only that, be the best version of yourself so then you can show the rest of the world and teach it to the rest of the world, but teach it to your kids as well. It's such a beautiful blessing to to be able to work on yourselves, to give that to the rest of the world and to your family as well. So I hope you got a lot out of today. It is a lot. And I hope you took some notes or some mental notes and just if it just take one thing a week or one thing a month to practice on out of this episode, then I promise you in the next 12 months, you're going to have a very different relationship. And I want nothing more for you guys to be truly connected to your partner, to your lover, to your beloved more than ever. And this is just what this podcast is all about is helping you disconnect from the world to reconnect with yourselves and everything else around you as well so I hope you have a beautiful blessed connected day Mm -hmm.